Right, crew, are you all ready? It's going to be a long old voyage, I reckon. Aye, Captain. Are you ready to go to uh, exciting, strange new lands? Aye, Captain. They're going to be they're going to be nice places to be, I reckon. Pleasant, Captain. Indeed, and we're probably going to meet some people we've not met before. Strangers, Captain. Indeed, and with these aims of the ship in mind, I, I, I think it's time to set sail on the maiden voyage of the HMS Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Yar! Yar! Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where me and Jane spend an hour being a couple of trans ladies who are queer and doing silly things what make us laugh and catching up on our weeks and that. As opposed to the rest of our weeks when we're somehow not queer and trans. I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> making this up on the fly. It's ah. fine. I'm doing the thing. How does the fly feel about this? I, I have no idea. How are you doing this week? Uh, no, I feel snuffling. You got the snuffles. I do. Uh, so apologies if I'm a bit quiet and a bit bass heavy. This You've week. got a, a case of the poorlies. I do. I'm sitting here in a scarf and a hoodie. Aww. A very attractive hoodie available from, from the Laura K. Buzz Spreadshirt store. I believe it? it's Spreadshirt that, that you can get that nice Laura K. Buzz hoodie on. With that awesome heart. Oh, I do, I do love that, that logo design. It's pretty fucking rad. I love it too. I'm getting it as my next tattoo. Oh, hackins. So if whoever created that is listening, thanks. Uh, I do not remember the name off the top of my head, but I can find that out. Uh, but yeah, should we, should we jump into the things of the week? Well, you played. I played quite a lot this week because we actually yeah, had, we, have... we had our first like weekend off in a while. There was no partying. No partying, no seeing friends. We as couldn't... much as I love partying and seeing friends, it was nice to have a quiet weekend at home. After three and a half months. So yeah, shall I start with the thing I've played? Yes. Um, I'm going to get out the way the thing I played that was terrible. Um... We got codes for that Danger oh. Mouse game, Danger Mouse the Danger Games. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Yeah, Is I'm... it a bad party game? Uh, worse. It looks oh. like a bad phone game. Oh. Uh, so basically, it's introduced by some aliens that talk about how you're going to be made to do pointless, unnecessary, random games for no reason. And then... You are randomly assigned a name and you have to just keep hitting uh, randomise and it'll be things like Jelly Fart Legs and silly names like that. But you're actually playing as Danger Mouse. I don't know why Danger Mouse has to be called some weird gobbledygook name. Right. So you get into the game and it turns out it's basically just a non-stop runner. And like clearly one that's been ported off a phone. It's not good. Oh dear. But they've clearly not even made enough character models to like have... So you're in a race with three other characters, mm-hmm. except they clearly only have two character models. Danger Mouse, who you play as, because that's the goodie, and uh, the green frog villain, forget his name, um, Baron... Baron Silas Greenback. That's it, Baron Greenback. Um, all three... See all three people I was racing against were just the Baron, and they were all called Baron Greenback. Is Baron Greenback, Baron Greenback, Baron Greenback, we have no other character models, and Danger Mouse, who for some reason is called, like, Jelly Fart Legs or whatever. And then it's a terrible non-stop runner. But I played it, so I thought I should mention it. I wanted to make it as evil 
as possible, Stiletto. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've played a terrible game. What have you played this week? I promise the rest of mine will be better. Uh, well, I I started playing that 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 Dead Cells. Oh yeah, we, we did a bit of a swap. We swapped uh, Metroidvanias. Yeah, so there's a thing you can do with the Switch now where you can like have your games on a secondary Switch, and as long as you're not playing your downloaded games at that moment, they can be played on the other Switch. So we just kind of logged in as each other in each other's accounts, and now we get to play each other's games. We Rather than just handing each other our switches. Well, the thing is, for something like Dead Cells, I don't know if Dead Cells has multiple saves, no, does it? I don't but, think so. Yeah, it's, by moving it over, you had your own fresh save file, mm. and like that's a benefit to it, that well, we're definitely. not treading on each other's saves. That is true. But yeah, but how they should d- just allow additional saves. They should. But how did she get on with Dead Cells? I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, like you say, it has got that really good one more play. Hmm. It's fast. It's pretty. It's bold. The the soundtrack's good. The sort of the procedural generation doesn't get that sort of awful dull murk that you get it, with some. It, it, It feels right. All of these procedurally generated levels feel very deliberately designed. Yeah. Like, they don't feel generic. No. They have the elements that you would expect Mm -hmm. in a a level of that type. Like, the sewer level feels like a sewer level. Uh, And then the the Ramparts level is is obviously set out that way. But the the differences within those levels that the procedural generation is allowed to sort of dig into, it, it, it does it really, really well. Yeah, it's the first game since probably The Binding of Isaac that I've really gotten into that mm. just one more go sort of loop with. It's yeah. it's a really spectacular game. Mm. Um, I I keep saying this, I love the fact that the, the traps that you're sort of like, time-limited abilities are on relatively special, cool timers. Yeah. So, like, you're not... You're encouraged to use them nice and frequently. Mm-hmm. Um... I love the variety of different types of weapons you can go in with, um, and the different loadouts you can get out of your four. Yeah, there's, uh, there's lots of different options of, of things you can do, and and sort of types of loadout you could do. What you want to power up? Yeah. There's always something to sort of be unlocking next you, and, and working towards. You were you were enjoying that loadout that I like, the sword in one hand and icy hadouken in the other one. Yeah, uh, I also quite like uh, having a uh, like a crossbow in that hand. Yeah, not the shotgun crossbow that you like, but the the sort of uh, the recap of crossbow. the slightly faster crossbow. Yeah, because I like I like the speed of it, and I've I the the second time I bumped into the concierge, I had. Uh, I think the bl- a blood blade or the uh, the uh, crit blade. Yeah. That goes like yellow. I had the um, this uh, like gold level um, recurve bow, Ooh, nice. which fired two arrows forward and one arrow backwards. Yeah. Uh, I then had the ice bomb and the fire bomb. Yeah. So I was just chucking down ice bombs to slow them down, and then just like grenade, grenade, uh, then and just like uh, arrows, 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 going in for a few slashes. Uh, yeah. I got them down fairly quickly. That I time. was, I was, I'm really impressed with how quickly you've taken to this game. Like you've made it past that first boss. Like I'm pretty sure faster than I did. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'd say I was something like. Two hours in by the time I defeated yeah, it. It was only the second time I'd encountered it. Yeah, you, you, you're doing well. You've taken to that game 
very well. I've not got much further than that, and I've struggled to get sort of to that level again. I think it was just one particularly good well, I, weapon. I can at this point like pretty reliably get past the concierge, but mm. I can only I can only reliably get a level or two beyond that before yeah. I like start getting very hit and miss. Mm. It's it's a game to chip away at in yeah, bits and pieces. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm nearly at the point of having my third health potion as well. Oh yeah, Th- those health potion upgrades are so worthwhile. Yeah, it, it, it's they are the main ones that sort of push you that much further through. Yeah, they they give you the ability to to make mistakes and to keep going. Yeah, although you do have to still be relatively careful because there are some enemies that are like three hits and you're fucked. Oh yeah, you you realistically, like once you're two or three levels in, you want to be healing when you're like, oh, I'm down to maybe 40% time to heal. Yeah. There, there are some... Or if you get trapped by a big mob of them. Mm. Yeah, there is always that risk, especially yeah. if you've got any ones that teleport. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, would definitely recommend. Yay! Uh, in terms of stuff I've been playing, I've been playing one of your games that I've been meaning to get around to, which was uh, Hollow Knight, yeah. in a very similar vein. It's another sort of 2D, difficult combat... Metroidvania. Metroidvania type thing. This one's not procedurally generated. Oh, no. um, it's got a bit more Celeste in it than... Uh... Yeah, it's got a li- little bit more, like, precision, um, like, yeah. lots of things flying around the screen that you got to dodge from. Yeah, precision... There, there are precision jumping bits as well later on that your yeah. Celeste skills might come in handy for. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm really glad I got around to playing that game. It feels... Very, very, very 2D Dark Souls in its combat. It's the stay complete, like, try and dodge every single hit. Don't try and make an opening to hit bosses. Wait for them to leave an opening oh. themselves. It, it's very much that flow of combat where you just stay at a distance, try and dodge things, and wait until their attack lands them in a position where you can get some hits in. Yeah, I really feel like Hollow Knight has a a, a very specific rhythm to it. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason I struggle, because I, I do yeah, have issues with rhythm stuff. You being a drummer, though. <laughs> it's a kind of rhythm. I don't think I'd have got on with Hollow Knight if I hadn't got on with Dark Souls. Yeah. They're both very similar rhythms to their mm. combat, but... Yeah, I've made it to through the big boss of the of two areas. I got through the 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 huge dude with his big sword thing, and I made it past the the girl that zips around the screen all quick. You did the false knight? You've done just done hornet. Hornet, yes, that's it. False knight. Or the hornet. first encounter with hornet. Yeah, false knight. First encounter with hornet. And I've done some like little side bosses I found around in places. You did the fly thing that was eating the braggy guy yeah, from the town. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's been a lot of fun. It's it's a difficult game, but one that I feel like it's my fault if I mess up. I never mm. feel like I'm blaming the game for it. So you've been really good at har- har- harvesting cash as well because you've managed to get um, the key already for the end of the yeah town. yeah. I'm I've been I've been saving up that money. I've mm. I don't think I've failed to recover my souls once yet. Nice. Uh, so yeah, what about you? What else have you been playing? Well, we played something together. <gasps> we we had a go at uh, Tiny Epic Zombies finally. Oh yes. Yeah. That's a fun little board game with lots of replayability, I reckon. Yeah, it's 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 one where you set out these like cards on the table to lay out the map of this, what's it, like a shopping centre? It's center. a shopping mall, and you lay the eight uh, shops around the different, um, around the sort of main centre court. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you have your, your su- survivors, uh, sort of a barricade set up. And that's sort of a good place to come back to, to heal. Mm. And then, depending on how you shuffle out, I think it's there's something like 18 
uh, objective cards, yeah. and you pick th- three outs to to do as your your quest. And uh, the examples of ones we had is we had one where we had to run around the mall trying to find examples of the the cause of the the zombie outbreak mm-hmm. and try and nail down what that was. Yeah. Uh, we had to collect the parts to fix a helicopter to escape. Yeah. Uh, we had to find an exit to the mall and find out which was the real exit and wasn't mm-hmm. blocked up. Yeah. What other ones did we have? Um, we had to get some weapons and a bunch of ammo together to form a cache for when we escaped. Oh, we had to rescue some survivors from some rooms and yeah. hope that they weren't, uh, like, zombies. yeah, that they weren't actually zombies. Ooh. And yeah, the whole thing is you move around set amounts, you move three squares at a time. Yep. And it's just go between these rooms, uh, roll the dice to find out if there's any penalty. Like, you fight zombies, and you you are guaranteed to kill the zombie when you try and fight it, but you just roll the dice to find out will there be a negative consequence for mm. that encounter. It was a really fun little game, wasn't it? It was, it was really good. I'm, I'm very glad I, I spotted that one on Kickstarter. All, all those figure, the little figures are so cute. The, the meeples have all got um, little holes in their hands so that you can equip them with a projectile and a, a, a ranged and a melee weapon. So there's little plastic um, chainsaws and katanas and, and I had machetes. That, that bazooka thing. You had the bazooka. There's little Uzi MP5s, <laughs> a couple of rifles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think the thing that really struck me on our first couple of plays is it definitely seems paced to have your three missions be completable, but only just in time. Because yeah. if you run out of cards in your like scenario deck, that like. Every turn you take a card from this deck, and if that runs out, you've lost. Yeah. So First, the zombies get assigned the scavenge yeah. deck, which contains a number of events that could be things like somebody getting bitten, or um, some of the other ones. You, you had I a couple, didn't I you? I can't remember now, but like, also <clears> there can be good things in there. There like... can be good things, and there can also be sort of weapons and things. Which yeah. you sort of can, can scavenge, and they will be left in the shop for the next person but, to but, come along and pick up. But when that deck runs out, you've lost. And mm. we played it through twice. The first round we did, we completed our final objective on, on the, the final turn. possible turn. Like the deck was run out. If it had started the next turn, we'd have been done. Uh, the second game we played, we had two cards left in the deck. So again, we were we were cutting it close. It's yes. it's one of those things. These objectives are very doable. But you've got to get a move on. Oh. You can't waste any time. Exactly. Yeah, it's it was a lot of good fun, and I, I look forward to playing more of it and and trying it with other people. And I would like to see what it's like with a zombie player. Yeah, there's there's modes of it we've not tried yet. We just did the AI zombie. Yeah, two people and an AI zombie. But, but you can do solo with an AI zombie, up to four people with an AI zombie, um, or you can do four player um, four player versus a zombie player. Yeah, so I'm excited for game night when we can try this with a few more people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, should we talk about other things to be played? Yeah, uh, uh, should we do the big one? Should we do the big one? The big one. We we played a game that at the time of recording isn't out yet. No. Uh, <gasps> we we played a lot of Super Mario Party, which is the new Mario Party game for the Switch. I worked out we played about fifteen to eighteen hours. Of that yeah, game. that doesn't surprise me. The first night we spent seven hours straight playing it, and we had a blast. I assure you, those seven hours were queer as fuck. Yes, uh, they were very pleasant as well. <laughs> we we were not strangers. No. Um, but yeah, so for anyone who's not played a Mario part, well, actually, I'll start with the if you've played a Mario, mm, 
If you played a Mario Party in the last twenty years, fuck me, I'm old. Yeah. Um. Then you 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 know the basic gist of it. It's a board it's, game with mini games. It's a board game with mini games. You roll the dice. You move around the board. You try and buy stars. Whoever has the most stars wins. There's some randomly assigned ones at the end for different rewards. Mm. There's a couple of things this one does differently that I thought were really nice additions. Um. First up, I think we should probably talk about that um, the the ally system. Actually, no, we'll talk about the dice first. The multiple dice. Okay, so each yeah. character has their own unique dice as well as a standard d6. Yeah, so every character has just a 1 to 6 standard dice, but they also have their own dice that's specific to that character. So for, like, uh, Waluigi has a dice that has, like, two fives and a 7, but on the bottom end has, like, I think a 1, a 3, or lose some money. Uh, which one? Uh, Waluigi. Waluigi has a minus, um, one or two minus two coins. Yeah. And the others are all sixes. Shy Guy has a zero and all fours. Um, I think Dry Bones has got like a ten, a nine, a seven, and the rest are all like zeros. Uh, there's one of the characters I remember that had just a standard one to six, but instead of the one, it was just a plus one coin. I think it was Monty Mal. Yeah, so if you didn't, if you were like, I definitely don't want to land on that thing one space in front of me, you can guarantee you won't land on it. That's true. So, like, there was definitely some interesting stuff going on with, like, who you picked and what additional dice options you had. Yeah. And then there's this new mechanic uh, of of allies and friends. And... Basically, by landing on certain spaces on the board, you can get randomly given a new character. And every turn, they will roll a, a, a small dice that will go give you zero, one, or two extra moves. Plus, you'll have their character-specific dice in your pool of dice, so you have more options strategically of what to play with. Hmm. Um, I really like that friend system. It and the, the the dice system, it yeah. really added a bit of strategy, didn't it? Definitely, and, and it became a thing to sort of try and gather allies as quickly as possible so that yeah. you could get the most movement out of yourself. If, if you can get Late game. three or four allies early on, you can be getting like six or seven, maybe eight extra moves mm. before your dice has even been rolled, yep. at which point you're really incentivized to do like, ah, my Bowser dice that has a plus ten on it, I'll take the risk, because even if I mess up, I might still get eight moves. Yeah, there's also the uh, the added bonus of the fact that you might get the ally bonus star at the end. For yeah. Allies, so that's that's pretty handy. Um, and then even in some of the between-round minigames, sometimes those allies will pop up and help, and it'll be like... Yep. So in, in the football game, they'll pop up and be on your team to assist? Yeah, like... I've really liked that as a twist on that that mechanic. It, yeah. it it was the biggest change they've made to that formula, but like it was good. Um, should we talk about the mini games a bit? Because there's lots of mini games. I think I think there's about eighty of them. There is and eighty according to the thing. Yeah, and they're they're good. Yeah, there were some good mini games. Yeah, um, there were there were a couple I got a little bit frustrated with, but for the almost. I can tell you the only one that annoyed me was football. Yeah. Playing football with uh, AI-controlled allies was the only problem I had. Have because I... sometimes they just don't pass the ball and they don't shoot. At a press event, I played it with four human players and it definitely was more playable. But... Yeah. I think generally, I this was sort of the point we'll get to again in a bit. Mm. Generally, the AI was really good, though. It was amazing. Um, particularly that one where we had to sort of... Uh, sort of 
uh, was it the memory game? So you oh. have like the, the all the cards flip over. You have to remember all the ones of a certain suit and pick all four out. Yeah. So you you really sort of start going. Oh, I'll just focus on one, and then go. Well, hang on. If I what if the AI picks that one? But luckily, the AI has a bit of a pause before it actually starts moving. So yeah. that you can pretty much guarantee you will get one, even if it's the one directly in front of them. Yeah, like, the AI was very... In the co-op stuff, the AI was very good at not getting in the way, but also not mm. messing up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, generally, I was a, I was a, I was a big fan of this. It's, yeah, definitely. It's, the core party game stuff is a, is a lot of fun. Oh. Um, I think... The other thing that surprised me was how fun the non-board game content in that was. Um, yeah. We had a lot of fun with that, uh, the the rafting the wh- Yeah, the rafting game. W- whitewater rafting one. Yeah, so each of us were on one side of a raft and we had two AI people and we had to sort of use use the Joy-Con like raft, uh, like, like oars to sort of paddle, paddle down. down these various ra- rapids and to get more time on the rapids you had to do co-op minigames. Yeah, paddle into the uh, big pink balloon and you'll pop it I, and get to play a minigame for extra time. I was I was really expecting the AI companions on that to get in the way or to not. They were really good at like working out where we were trying to paddle yeah. and like helping. Yep, and if we started bumping into one thing they would sort of try and pump, sort of push us along to the correct side. Yeah, they... <clears throat> The, they took their cues from us. Certainly, it was very good. Yeah, and they were they were very helpful in all the co-op mini games. Yeah, um, things like the fishing one where you've all got to pull the net up at the same time, yep. so they don't sort of fight you on that. Yeah, no, they just do it exactly when if we did it in time, they would do it in time. Yeah, so that was. Yeah, and the other one was there. Uh, there was a music rhythm one as well that we went through. Yeah, not my speciality, but, but... Um, I like the music. And and if if you're good at uh, rhythm action stuff, that is. Yeah, that's a good example thereof. Uh, there was a big gauntlet where we were doing all the mini games one after another and passing it yes. back and forth. There was a couple we struggled, but we got through all of them. Yeah, I mean, we we got through that pretty much in well, we got through all of it in one sitting. So. Yeah. Um. So there's one bit of the game that you didn't get a chance to play, and yes. I feel like this is important to talk about. So there is a portion of this game called Toad's Rec Room, which is. Honestly, a really fantastic bit of game that most players will never see. Um, so it's a bunch of mini games that all involve multiple switches, and there'll be things like place both your switches flat on a table, and you've got to like here's multiple like halves of bananas that look very similar, and you've got to like rotate the switches around and find like ah, this is the top and bottom of a banana that match. Draw a line because you've lined it up the right way, and then the next one pops up. Or there's one where you're driving these tanks around and you have to set up your your base with these defences, then put the switches together and like draw a line and you can drive through one switch and into the other. And all of these minigame things were really clever uses of the switch, really fantastic fun little games to play. Mm. The issue is you need two switches and two copies of the game. Yeah. We have two switches in the house. We don't have two copies of Mario no. Party. Um we tried to fake our way around it. Um we did try, and I will run through this because I know some people are gonna be wondering if this is possible. With the new secondary accounts thing on Switch, primary switch turned the internet off. Secondary switch booted up Mario Kart, so we had uh, Mario Party, so we had it running on both systems. 
with just one copy of the game, tried to connect them, it did not want to connect them. No. So, yeah, there's no download play or anything, so you're going to need two copies of the game to play that. And while it's really fun content if you've got two copies of the game there, Mm. I don't know if it's enough to justify buying a second copy of that game. No, I I can't imagine it would be for for just a couple of extra games. Yeah, It is cool tech, though. Yeah, if you're in a situation to try it, that content is super worth trying, but a lot of people aren't going to get a chance to. Hmm. But yeah, no, like, we played, we played so much. Oh, we didn't even talk about the that new board game mode, the co-op teams thing. No, there's, uh, there's so much in this. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole mode where instead of going around the board in, like, a predetermined path, um, you play as teams of two, and your dice rolls are added up together, and each player on the team can move that combined number. And you're moving around a freeform grid on those existing maps. And you've still got your objectives of trying to get stars and trying to collect allies. But it's a lot more strategic movement based. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of content in this game. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And and I would still continue to play more of it. Yeah, like we, we played it for like 15 hours and even last night, it was we like did another hour. It was like ten, half ten at night. It's like, uh, do we want to do something before bed? Ah, let's play another round of Mario Party. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you've enjoyed this one. Uh, well, it's the first one I played since I think Mario Party four or five. I, yeah. I had one on the GameCube. Um, I know it wasn't any of the ones with the microphone. Yeah, but um, yeah, and and it's the first, also the first time I played a Mario Party with another human being. Oh, that definitely helps. <laughs> Not to have friends, so no one to play with. Hooray for the No Friend Squad! Woo! Um, but yeah, I as someone that's played a few of these, this is by far the most I've enjoyed a Mario Party. I'm um, glad. Uh, I, I think that the ally system and the friend system both add a lot to make that system feel more strategic. Hmm. Um, I like the whole, you can, as you get further into the game, you can mine more stars at once on the star spots. Mm-hmm. It just feels like they finally, like, sort of rebooted this series a bit into something that works a bit better. And they got rid of that car mechanic that everyone yes. seemed to I was not a fan of the car mechanic. Um... Yeah, no, this is a really good um, Mario Party. I think the only other thing to say about it, all of the minigames are played with a single Mm -hmm. Joy-Con. You cannot play this game with a pair of Joy-Cons. You cannot play it in handheld mode with the Joy-Cons attached to the screen. You cannot play it with a Pro Controller. You have to play it with, here is a screen in front of me and I'm playing with a single Mm -hmm. Joy-Con. Which, it totally worked well like that. And I think the intention is that out out the box, like they guarantee that people will be able to play multiplayer. Yeah, it was um, it was nice to see the HD Rumble used as well. Oh yeah, there was that some was really my first encounter with that. There were some really good HD Rumble mini games. Yeah, uh, I particularly like the one where you see the three characters walk past or roll past, and then you have to work out based on the Rumble that they made, and a Rumble Rumble that you're then shown had sort of have to feel blind yeah. to work out which character it was that you were failing. But- the one that really impressed me was the pick up the box and try and feel how many acorns are in it. Oh yeah, shake the boxes yeah. and try and get the highest score for the and most acorns. Reliably, we were always getting the big boxes. Like you could, you could tell how many yeah. were in there. Is it, it's impressive tech, isn't it? Definitely. I, I still want to go. And, I still want to play one two switch at some point. Yeah, we'll need to sort of boot that up at some You'll point. Have to dig it out where it is. Yeah, but yeah, it was a 
good. It was a good Mario party. Oh. I had a lot of fun with it. It was uh, good. Did you play anything else this week? Uh, I had a quick look at Sonic Mania. Oh, how did you get on with that? It's it's good that, isn't it? It's a good classic Sonic game, isn't it? It is. It's, it's weird that it's sort of clanic, 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 classic and modern. It feels like a, a really good ROM hack. So... You know why it feels like a really good ROM hack? Because it's made by ROM hackers. Yeah, it's Sega basically went to a bunch of ROM hack people and went, hey, you make really good, like, classic Sonic stuff that feels new and modern. Can you come make a game for us? Mm, and it had that almost sort of more Sonic CD level length as opposed yeah. to sort of classic game level length. It's, it, it really goes to show what can happen when you take people who really know and love a franchise mm. and know how to make good stuff in it and go, rather than shut them down, go, no, come in, come in, help us, mm. help us to make this. Yeah, and good as Freedom Planet was, I don't think it quite scratched the, the Sonic itch that I had. Yeah. And I, th- I would still say that my favourite Sonic is Sonic 3. Yeah. But and that's not necessarily popular. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed Mania. It's, yeah. it's a good little game. I will head back to that. Yeah. What uh, else have you played? I played one last game, uh, absolutely adorable little game on the Switch called Wonder Song. Wonder Song. <laughs> what is the secret of your singing? It's uh, the right control stick, isn't it? Yeah. So, Wonder Song is this really adorable little game. It's a sort of two D platform adventure. Um, the art style is gorgeous. It's all. It looks like it's all made of very simple shapes. Um, garishly coloured, like, craft paper, almost, just sort of layered on top of each other. Um, and you play as a bard who finds out the world is going to end and goes, I'm going to try and stop it ending through music. And you run around the world, your right stick in eight directions does colour and uh, music as you sing. You've got a dedicated dancing button, which is adorable. Who doesn't want a dedicated yeah, you dancing just sort of button? dance across the world going... Well, the world's going to end. I'm going to stop it. Don't know how my singing's going to help. I'm going to hope it does. Um, It's got a great soundtrack. The game is refreshingly optimistic and hopeful. Yeah. It's very... There's a lot of moving stuff. There's a lot of beautiful stuff. Um, In the first couple of hours with that game, I met a, a gay yeti. And I was like, "Oh, oh, his his boyfriend has been has been cursed. I will I will somehow use my music to save his boyfriend." Um, I met I met a girl who was uh, struggling because her mum had passed away, and she didn't know how to you know keep going with the music without her mother around. And we had this really beautiful back and forth where we used music to help her sort of come to terms with her things and feel close to her mother again. Mm. It's just this beautiful little adventure. We like, I think the thing that really. I really enjoy about it is it it gets the music is beautiful even when it's not perfect. Um, there is very little pressure to be precise with the music rhythm stuff in this game. You can make a lot of mistakes, a lot of fumbles, and you don't get a big like eh, like you made a sound wrong or you're not forced to like go back and try again and mm. like it doesn't want to penalize you. It just lets you go with the music and. If you mess up badly enough that you have to redo it, it'll just start looping from the beginning and you can keep trying. It it just focuses on music as a beautiful thing that brings people together, rather than on something that has to be perfect and has to be precise to have any value. Hmm. It's really nice. It's just a really lovely game. It's been very heartwarming to play. Yeah. Feels like a, a proper good palate cleanser. Hmm. Just a nice 
positive, optimistic game of someone that's just like, I just want to do good with my music. More of that, please. Yeah. <coughs> so that's Wonder Song, which is my last game. Have you played anything else? No, that's all I've played. <gasps> right. On to the next thing. Ooh. It's cold and flu season. Do you need something dramatic? Something that will get rid of that stuffy nose? <coughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I've been really ill for a few days. Coughing up chunks? Yeah, uh, lots of phlegm. Sounds nasty. You yeah. need to punch that right in the face. How? Take these! Small, miniature superheroes. They can be swallowed. Once inside your body, they will beat the crap out of any bacteria or virus. And then, with a simple sneeze, they'll be deposited back into the world. Safe to return to our factory and return to a capsule where they can be swallowed again by other needy, sick individuals. Wow, this really helped clear up my cold and was great for my vor fetish. <laughs> Somebody's really going to appreciate that. Well, it's soup season, so come on down to Silly Sally Soup Shack. We got all the classics, piping hot rum and raisin, hearty tutti fruity, wholesome raspberry ripple, warming mint chalk chip. That's Silly Sally Soup Shack, formerly Silly Sally's Ice Cream Shack, before the incident with the freezer. We're open late. So, 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 my needle pulling thread. What have you watched this week? Ooh, I watched a few things. Tell me about one of them. Turn my page over. Turn your page. Uh, so, I watched a TED talk uh, by Christoph Neumann called uh, You Are Fluent in a Language and You Don't Even Know. <gasps> what is the language? Art. Ah. It's, it's talking about how, um, like, you can understand. St- Sort of abstractions like yeah. uh and Peep. You know the famous piece of art? Uh, I'm not sure if I it's know it. It's a picture of a pipe that just says in French, oh, this is not oh, a yes. pipe. Yes, yes, sorry, I'm aware of this now. Um, so, yes, the, that sort of thing. Like, it's it's not actually a pipe, but we recognize it as a pipe. Yeah. We understand that. And then things like sort of right down to sort of icons that we use on. Uh, sort of emergency signs, like emergency escape signs, things yeah. like that. We understand it's, those it, sort of abstractions. It's not a one-to-one representation of the thing, but our brain understands how to yeah. interpret it. Exactly. Oh, heck, that sounds interesting. It was very interesting. I would recommend it. Uh, we watched a thing together. We did. We watched the first episode of season three of The Good Place. Was it the first episode or the first and second episode? The first and second, I think. Yeah. Um, but the first, the episodes the that are up that's out now. The bit that's out now of uh, The Good Place. Oh. That show continues to be very good. I very much enjoyed it. Definitely looking forward to more of that. Season three definitely seems like a change of pace for that series. Mm. But again, like... The difference between seasons one and two, they changed up the, the structure and pace considerably. Like, this show every season does something different. And I'm I'm up for that. I'm up for that ride. I'm up for this show keeping itself fresh that way. Mm. But I enjoy getting to watch these characters in a very different 
context. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to finding out what happens next, because it was left on yeah. a bit of a cliffhanger. Just a little bit, but um, that show has not dipped in quality yet, I don't think. No. Um, yeah, what else have you watched? Uh, I watched a, a TEDx talk called What Happens in Your Throat When You Beatbox by Tom Thumb and Dr. Matthew Broadhurst. Ooh. Um, and it starts with uh, Tom Thumb, the who does like the uh, uses a looper for beatboxing. Oh yeah, so sort of to make more elaborate stuff using uh, fewer samples mm. uh, simultaneously. Um, which I'm not saying is a bad form of beatbox, but it's not my preferred version. <laughs> um, and initially, it's a, ca- a camera down the throat, just showing sort of what's happening with the the folds of the throat and the, yeah. the, the voice box and stuff. And then they move to a Content warning, bit graphic now. A camera straight down the nose. Oh. So that he can beatbox using the mouth to get all the bilabial plosives and fricatives and things like that. Ha! And look at what's going on at the back of the throat on a little screen. Is it fascinating? It's absolutely fascinating. Um, you can sort of see where all the different sounds are coming from and they talk about sort of where, sort of which bits of your throat are doing what and, and naming all the bits. I, I imagine it's weird to realise how much control of weird parts of the body you don't think about people must have to do this. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very, certainly very interesting. I would recommend it if you can handle a little bit of endoscopy. <laughs> Uh, I think the only other thing I watched this week is I watched more uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved. I've continued to be very much enjoying their dives into either paranormal stuff or unsolved uh, mystery crimes. Uh, I've made it back round to they're doing their crime season again, and there were some fascinating crimes that came up this time. Uh, I was watching one today about a town in America where there was basically... A guy who, for about 30 years in this town, had managed to avoid being arrested and was getting more and more dangerous, uh, to the point that, like, he had shot someone in their shop. Like, he, the bad person, his daughter had, like, been told, no, you can't take that, you haven't paid for it. So bad man starts, like, stalking the shop owner's family and tries to shoot them at some point. And he's just got this really good lawyer that keeps getting him out of these charges. So... Uh, The town have a meeting one day, and after the meeting, about 60 people went from the town hall over to the bar where this man was. This man was shot, and apparently none of these 60 people that were surrounding his car when he was shot, none of them saw the shooter, and none of them will to this day talk about who the shooter was. And... It seems very clear that it's a case of... <laughs> the town got together no, and yeah, killed no, him. This, this guy got like got away from... like After he shot the shop owner and like the shop owner survived, he left the shop. Uh, like, he got out of prison within like a couple of days, went to the bar with a shotgun in hand and goes, I'm going to shoot him. I'm going to murder him. And they were just like, if we don't stop this person, he's going to kill someone. So yeah, they shot him in his... Basically, they shot him in his car and the whole town swore... We don't know what happened. Uh, it's a fascinating little story. There's been some like documentaries and stuff on it, but mm. yeah, so that was a really interesting one. I really liked all the the specific stuff about that that story. Um, yeah, I continue to very much enjoy Buzzfeed Unsolved. Mm. Oh, there was a, actually there was one more I thought was interesting. I saw today was um, about a woman who was found on this very very remote hiking trail. Mm-hmm. Her stomach full of sleeping tablets, but they weren't fully dissolved. 
her entire front is burnt off. And it's like, okay, if this was an attempt at suicide, why would you, like, you swallowed sleeping tablets, why would you burn yourself? And what are you doing up here? what are you doing up here? And then it gets weirder, because they start finding, like, they find her suitcases somewhere, she's got multiple passports, wigs, different outfits, different currencies for different countries. It was a weird mystery of, like... The fuck happened with this woman? Some unmentionable spy was yeah, murdered. Yeah, it, it seems like a spy was murdered and just, like, found, but there's a lot of, like... Because then you get the question of, like, how did the... It's very hard to force someone to have 70 sleeping tablets. The KGB have their ways. Yeah, but even then, <laughs> like, if you were going to burn them to death, do you need the tablet? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't add up about that one. Someone it's... really didn't like this person. Yeah. So, or, also, all the all the labels on all her things were scrubbed off. Like labels in her clothes were cut out. Uh, when they found her suitcases, like the prescription labels have been scrubbed off of her medications. She does not like, exist. Yeah, it's a government except, job. But her fingerprints were still intact on the burnt body. Like you would think, if you were trying to erase any sign of who this was, you'd get rid of the fingerprints. Did so they actually identify the body then? No, they've never identified this body. Maybe whoever did it knew that there was no way the, the fingerprints were on the, record. Well, like, they couldn't... Uh, the only reason they were able to work out these suitcases belonged to her is because her fingerprint was on her pair of glasses in there. Ah. So if they burnt the fingerprints on the body, they couldn't have tied that to the suitcases. Mm. So it's an odd one. Yeah. Seriously? I've been Seriously. enjoying... I enjoy... Their crime stuff a lot. I like their here's a weird crime that no one could ever solve. Ooh. So, yeah. What about you? What else have you been watching? I can't remember if I've ever mentioned it on on here before, but I I sat down and watched uh, Geek the Geek Enders Portal Two Unauthorized Musical again. Ooh, that's that's good, isn't it? I like that. It really doesn't help with my crush on Gladys, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um... It's it's fun. I I I still enjoy the Netflix and Shell joke. Uh, <laughs> if, I think the guy that plays Wheatley is fantastic. If you've not checked it out, it's well worth a watch. It's about two hours long. It's available in, entirely on YouTube. Um, it's it's a good production. I mm. I like the way they had two Chells and we'd yeah. get one to sort of walk on opposite sides of the stage through the the little light up portals they had. Yeah. Um the they've got a squishy companion cube that makes a, a couple of appearances. The um the turrets are basically people in hoodies with little red lights on their chests. Yeah, it's it's a very cute production. Yeah, they've done a really good job with it with uh, with limited things. A, a lot of the songs are sort of covered versions. There's there's a version of uh Poor Unfortunate Souls, yeah. uh, which is like uh, Poor Unfortunate Test Subjects. Um, <laughs> there's a quick pair of portals make the enemy fall down. <laughs> it's it's good. Oh, and Suddenly Wheatley. Suddenly Wheatley. <laughs> and yeah, the guy that plays Wheatley does a, a pretty good Stephen Merchant. <laughs> oh, he does a very good Stephen Merchant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's everything I've watched. Have you watched anything else? That's all the things I've put in my eye places. Well, it's time for this then. So, Laura, we've got another sponsor this week. Another sponsor. They just keep rolling in these sponsors. These very real sponsors we have. Absolutely. I'm glad for all of the cash that we're making off these sponsors. Yes, so much cash off of these sponsors. Who's our sponsor this week? Our sponsor this week is Triangle Space, (gasps) the easy, affordable way to make a website that looks very 
very similar to every other website made on Triangle Space. Can can I have my website covered in 90s animation GIFs that take hours to load and will be of, like, a construction man saying the website is still being built? Oh, yeah, and there'll be a selection of dancing hamsters and, and obviously, the, the glitter fonts. Oh, can I have it so when I move my mouse around, like, sparkles follow the where the mouse moves on the website? Yeah, actually, there will also be, like, a zombie that will follow the, 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 the train oh. as well. Can, can I have a little counter at the bottom of the website that says how many people have visited the website. Yeah, but I uh, like it's hilariously broken and sort of spinning backwards. Ah, so silly. Like so many people on this website, it's broken or counter. Ah, ah, that sounds fantastic. Where can people go if they want one of these websites? It's uh, trianglespace.com and uh, if you want to uh, get uh, 15% off your first order of either a website or a domain, uh, you can just hit the microphone button at the top and type in Q and PS, and uh, and 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 you'll get you'll get your bonus off there, and you can get making your generic, boring MySpace era website. Hey, hey. If you put that code in, you know what else you get for free? What's that? A little music MySpace music player that you can put at the top and play all your favourite MySpace music on. Is it also completely unmutable and far too loud? Yes, it is. That's amazing. That's triangle space. Try it today. Hello, and welcome to Cooking with Depression. We're, we're just looking at what we got in the cupboard. It's a bit of a lean episode this week, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, we have been standing in front of this cupboard for about 45 minutes I was, trying to... I was thinking trying to make a decision. I was thinking about burgers, but that requires like waiting for the oven to cook and remembering to take the stuff out of the oven. So um yeah, cooking with depression today. We're gonna um for dinner we are gonna have uh one of one of the, the best cooking with depression meals. Mm. Handfuls of dry cereal straight out of the box. So mm. what you're gonna need for this one is a box of cereal. You're going to need, to need to have none of your bowls clean. They're all like stacked up near the washing up bowl. I will get around to them. Yeah, we will get around to them. And uh, the milk has to have been slightly gone off to the point where like, maybe it's alright, but we probably shouldn't drink it. I mean, I sniff tested it. It's not completely off, but... But like... I it's... do feel a bit like rumbly in my tumbly. Yeah, so like, we're just going to take the cereal... Thankfully, we've got some of the really sugary ones, so like that all, you know, yeah. sort us. And we're just going to eat it straight out of the box. Yeah, just uh, just a few handfuls of Frostos before it all becomes too much and I have to go and just lie down in bed again. Yeah. Tune in next time on Cooking with Depression, where, I don't know, probably a bag of chewy sweets that we still got somewhere. I think it's open already. You know where we left them. I'm guessing by the bed that was, would make sense. Yeah. Let's go have a look for those. Yeah. So, <gasps> what so. have you listened to? I've not mis- listened to a huge amount this week, honestly. No. I've mainly been listening to stuff I've heard before, so um, mm-hmm. I went back and re-listened to the Undertale soundtrack because. My uh, collector's edition for the Switch of Undertale has finally shipped, and I'm excited to get back into Undertale. Oi, oi. Uh, that that game has one of the like strongest chip tune soundtracks I've ha- heard in a while. 
Um, I've not played through the game, but I have heard the entire soundtrack and several of the remixes. You enjoy a lot of remixes. I do. Uh, what's that really good Temmy one that we uh, like? Ben Briggs collecting junk with Temmy. Yeah, that's 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 a good Temmy remix. Oi. I'm Temmy, and this and is my, my friend, friend Temmy, and Temmy, and Temmy, and my business partner Bob. Um, so yeah, I've been going back and re-listening to that. Um, I think all of the battle themes for boss fights are all really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, Undyne's battle music is fantastic. Which one's Undyne's? That one. Um, that's a really good one. I really like uh, Megalovania. Which that's such a good tune. It had to be such a good tune because if you encounter that tune in game, you're going to be hearing it a lot. And it's like the sounds battle music. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It, it, for a piece of music that I had to hear three hundred, five hundred odd times, whatever it was, I've forgotten the number off the top of my head. Hundreds of times in a row, it, it had better be a belter of a tune. It was. I like the impossible uh, remix version of that. Yeah. Um, and I think the only other thing from that is um. There's a couple. I went back and rewatched a couple of fantastic animations and sort of um, redone song parodies mm. um, that are all set to "Stronger Than You," oh, right. but are based on the final fight of the of the uh, the genocide route from differing perspectives. Mm. Um, they're really interestingly done. I really enjoy them. Um, I will have to show you a couple of those just because I think they're pretty fab. Um, nice. So yeah, I'll listen to the Undertale soundtrack. Uh, well, not actually Undertale, under, Undertale itself. Uh, a while ago I bought these straight from the Underground album, which is available on Bandcamp by Tiny Waves and Friends. And there are some cracking remixes on there, including that um, that Temi track, uh, Collecting Jump with Cher Temi. There's the ver- uh, version of, is it Bone Trussle? Oh, yes, yes. There's a really good version of that on there. Um, yeah, and I think you can get the whole album for like 15 bucks. Or you can listen to it for free on Bandcamp. But, nice. you know, try before you buy it. It's a it's, good album. It's a good album. Mm. Uh, what about you? What you listen to? Uh, let's see. I started listening to uh, the Skunk and Ernsey album, Scoosh. Ooh. First time in a while. I love it. It's still amazing. <laughs> uh, and, and Skin has an amazing voice and... There's some really good tunes and some nice, very electronica bass lines. Uh, would recommend uh, Weak Hedonism. Um, yes, it's political. <laughs> yes, it's fucking political. Uh, yeah. Get some good, punky, angry, indie goodness. Noise. Uh, I've been listening to more game soundtracks. Um, after I started playing Hollow Knight, which has absolutely fat music, I've started mm. listening to that soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, it makes for very, very intense work music <laughs> where I'm like, I've got to work, I've got to work now. Is this why you've been so efficient today? Maybe. I was listening to the Hollow Knight soundtrack while I did the really good clean of my office. Like, sometimes I just need a video game soundtrack that has the right energy to it and I will just power through life. So, yeah, what about you? What else have you been listening to? That's pretty much it for me. Uh, only other thing I've listened to, and again, it's because you were playing it, I went back and listened to the Dead Cells soundtrack. Yeah. There's some good tracks on that too. There's some good music in that, definitely. Yeah. That's everything I've listened to then. Well then. Time for the next thing.
Do you find yourself posting angry comments against minority groups, telling them they're worthless and making them uncomfortable for no reason? Uh-huh. Well, why not try new Could You Just Not At All, a medication which could cut down your cravings and help you just mind your own business. I haven't commented anything on underneath people I don't know's Twitters. Side effects may include increased empathy and a decreased appetite for being an arsehole. Thanks for helping me, Could You Just Not At All. Ding. Mummy friend, I am super upset with these millennials. What's the problem with them now? I think I know. I'm wondering if I have the same problem. They're all into us. None of them are scared anymore. Indeed. I hopped out of a cupboard the other day towards some teenager and went, I want to suck your blood. And all they did in response is go... Well, you can suck my something else if you know what I mean. I was like, oh, no, no, you don't want to bang me. You want to be scared of me. (sighs) Yes, zombie, exactly. They all just want to bone down on us. It's kind of weird and making me very uncomfortable. I am a skeleton, and I thought that people would be scared of me, but they want to bone me. And and being a skeleton, I appreciate that pun, but I don't appreciate their lack of fear. I know, it's like they don't have any respect for us, these young people these days. I've got a strategy, however. I think I know how we can get back to scaring them. We hop out at them as we've been doing. We just do so with a piece of paper and we tell them it's their college debt calling. You're a genius. These student loans! (laughs) Question time! Stop questions! What's the questions? Okay, so uh, as I as you remember, I forgot to put up the question thread until about <laughs> half an hour before we started recording last time. So some of these are questions that came last week after we'd already started recording. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there there will be names repeated at the beginning and end of this lot. <laughs> uh, Kel Goodall would like to know uh, favorite polyhedral dice. Oh, uh, it's an easy, predictable answer. I like a d twenty. I do like the icosahedron, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of a D20. I like a D20. I also like those um, D3s. I don't know if you've seen them. Oh, yes. They uh, they look like um, like a, a triangular prism. Yes. And then they have sort of curved ends on them, so that mm-hmm. they, they sort of won't land endwards. Yes. Uh, big fan of those. I like I like those. But um, if we're just talking about platonic solids, I like the icosahedron and the um, octahedron. Oh yeah, they're both they're both good picks. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Nevins would like to know uh, what would they put in a summoning circle to summon you like demons? Hmm. Video games probably in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know. What were you throwing? Uh, are, are we are we going for the two of us together? Should we do a combined? As, as should we maybe do a combined one? Combined summoning circle. Um. Okay. Uh, hair dye. Yeah. Tentacles. Yeah, video games. Video uh, games. Uh, knickknacks. Bondage equipment? <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say <laughs> What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Some non-muggle mushrooms. Some non-muggle um, mushrooms, indeed. Uh, what cybernetic augmentations would you get in the future of 2077? We're ignoring cyberpsychosis because it's bullshit. Oh yeah, it's bullshit. Um, I like the thought of like, of like cybernetic eyes where I can like, like get a heads up display shit going on in my, in my, in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like a, an ear that doesn't constantly get infections and, and make me 
partly deaf. Yeah. Um, I'd like a back that doesn't hurt Ooh, most of the time. An ear with sensitivity settings, where when it's really like loud oh. somewhere, I can just turn the sensitivity down. I could turn it down while I sleep and I, set, have like an internal cr- chronometer that would can, make me up in the morning. Can I just have a dial that turns down all of my sensory sensitivity up or down? That'd be nice. That'd be nice if we could just turn down the sensitivity a bit. Yeah, um, I, I like a, a, a foot that doesn't have that thing that it does. Yeah. I'm old, I'm broken. Yeah. Um uh I don't know, is there a, a, an option to just sort of have a button for serotonin? <laughs> oh, the serotonin <laughs> button would be good. I, serotonin button. In get on that science. Uh a button that you can press just to go to sleep. Yeah. Just the ability to just go, it's bedtime now. Set alarm, uh, 8 hours, what, boom. What you want is the 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 melatonin button. Uh yeah, I guess yeah. Can we have the serotonin and melatonin buttons? Yeah. Um and then can I just go like get a, a music player like embedded in my head so I can like hear music on cue without having to like wear headphones. As long as it's ad free. Oh yeah, no, of course. <laughs> like this is my like personal downloaded collection. This isn't uh. streaming to my brain. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm up for those augmentations. Um yeah, I, I don't know, maybe maybe a jetpack. I'd like to be able to fly, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, medicine? Maybe if I could, I could get my healing hands done in- as a cybernetic. <laughs> Tentacles! <laughs> in, in terms of, like, feasible ones, you kind of want to get a bifurcated tongue. Yeah, I mean, but that's, that's not really a cybernetic upgrade. That's, that's just, not a cybernetic that's one. Just that's just like a body augmentation thing. I'd, I'd love to get my tongue split, but I hear you have to, like, get it redone and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I was checking, chatting to one of our listeners about it, who is is ex piercer or has piercing experience. So I was like, "Yeah, that sounds interesting. Want to know about getting tongue pierced? It does sound like a lot of maintenance. Yeah, but I, I do like the idea of being able to lick both sides of my teeth at the same time, <laughs> and you know, other things. Like, <laughs> I want to be able to go rampant rabbit with my tongue. Teehee. I've talked about this one with you before. I kind of like the idea of getting a an NFC chip mm-hmm. implied in my hand. I want to. I want to have a kind of cyber hand where I can like activate shit with my hand. I'd like heat vision. Heat vision's cool. And um. Uh, oh, uh, sonar! I would love sonar. Sonar is It'd be amazing. It's pretty rad. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, what's our next question? I don't know. I'm still busy upgrading myself. Um, Zaldera would like to know: uh, Have you heard of Digitizer? Uh, do you think it's good uh, or bad that they're bringing it back to TV? I honestly have no is idea what that is. Consumer? I don't know either. But that's our guess we don't know. Uh, don't know, never heard of it. I, I don't know if it was a thing we had over here or not. But Let us know about what it, it is was. on Twitter. I'm sure we could just look it up on YouTube. Probably um, could do. Lauren Carroll would like to know, how do you come up with skits? Um, I stare around my room until things happen in my brain. Um... Actually, let's have a look at what skits did we have on the list today, and I, I, I might be able to talk about how, how the ideas for them happened. Let's see. I don't know. How about, how about this? We'll look at the chat and we'll do last week so that we don't end up spoiling anything. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good call. So last week's skits we had... Um, so we had the opening, which was the uh, bartender mixing up cocktails. Yes. Uh, honestly, I was just trying to think of things that, like, queer and pleasant stranger... Like, things that could be named queer and pleasant stranger. So we've done a lot of, mm-hmm. like, places. Uh, this week was ships. Um... So again, cocktail name was just I was doing a lot of like what are things that could be named mm-hmm. this. Um 
Brochal Justice, free menstrual products, um, came up. I went, for Brochal Justice, I honestly just load up my Twitter feed and I scroll until I see a topic where I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't tend to see Brochal Justice as a skit. It's just a, no, it's... although we're using silly voices, I genuinely believe the things I say is uh, oh, during that. very much so. But like, you know what I mean? Like, in terms of finding the topic for that. Yeah, oh yeah. It's it's, it's... just usually whatever has been showing up most in my Facebook yeah. or Twitter timeline that I think is important. Yeah. Or um... in the case of the HIV one, I had a, a, a friend contact me. Yeah. But basically, he was in tears about the fact that his... Um, his support service was being cut off. His his the, yeah. his, his um, support worker had, had basically gone and was like, "Hey, can you please try and raise awareness of this?" So uh, I did. Yeah, and we did some research. And hopefully, yeah. it doesn't they sound too stilted, but like it's an important topic. Yeah. So, um, Electronic Act Softrim last week. Uh, came, <laughs> that usually comes about. Did video games do a shitty thing this week yeah. that we can talk about? Like, and that was the the uh, Telltale acquisition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rave Mum skit. Let's uh, <laughs> not. We yeah, we had maybe had a fun night at the weekend. We met some lovely people, Indeed. and some of them look after their friends. Some of, so we met some lovely people on a night out who looked after their friends, and I remembered that person very vividly because oh, I just had a nice memory of a person doing a nice thing, so that's where that came from. Well, I'm, I'm also kind of a rave mum. You are indeed. I, I'm, I'm the one that will be sort of standing there on the dance floor watching everyone else. Are you, are you drinking your water in good enough? Yeah, I will always sort of see someone that just looks absolutely do you battered. Want, do you just want like, a lollipop? Just, do you want some water? If I had, well, the last one we went to, they took all our lollies when we went in there, but like normally I will see sort of people that look like they're sort of vaguely chewing their face off about 2am, which is like, do you want a lolly? Uh, oh my god, you're they, a lolly. They took all our lollipops away. I managed to get a packet of gum in, and uh, I, I, the person that the rave mum sketch was had got in my head from, uh, they they were like, my friends are chewing their faces off. Have you got any gum? And I was like, yes, I do. So I was very thankful to be able to save their faces. Aww. Um, yeah, there's nothing worse than waking yeah. up with really bad mouth ulcers the yeah. following day. Um, and then the people running, like doing the running, and they're actually trying to get to the front barrier. I was just looking around my room, um, messing around on the computer, and I found a, a ticket in my filing cap in my like nice keepsakes thing um, drawer in my cabinet, where I had a concert ticket, and I was like, oh yeah, that's an experience at concerts. Mm. I mean, uh, the the one we've done recently, we've we've had a couple of. Uh, ones where we've been doing fake sponsors. Oh, we both yes. listen to a lot of podcasts, and, yeah. I, and I sort of thought it would be quite funny to sort of parody some of the genuine sponsors because yeah. we don't have one. So. No, so this week I don't know if it has played yet or if it's upcoming. There's uh, a... well, this is a question, so I think the only thing that comes after this is brochure justice. Okay, right? so, so we had a, a sponsor one this week, and again, that was just. That's a format I know we've done before. What yeah. real sponsors haven't we parodied yet? Mm-hmm. I, I've got a list somewhere that yeah. I've been sort of sketching out ideas yeah. for future yeah. <laughs> uh, ones for those. For me, I just I just stare around. It's usually about an hour and a half that I spend just in my office thinking, messing around on Twitter, looking around the room, messing around on my computer, just looking for like mm. what things are in this tweet or picture or item. What ideas do I have for that topic? And for, the other one for me is that I waffle quite a lot of shit. So yeah. sometimes during the week, I will just say something completely random that will lead me on a yeah. a bit of a weird tangent, and I will just sort of go right. That's a so uh, a, a, a queer, pleasant stranger. Gray yeah. Peter was one that came when we were just bullshitting in bed. Yeah, 
Sometimes these things just happen. Sometimes it's queer and pleasant strangers' day, and we sit down and just we we sit and think until we come up with something. Yeah, there, there, there were times when also when we had skits that just didn't work. They yeah. they seemed like a good prompt, and and we may have ended up coming back to them at some later point, but for whatever mm. reason we couldn't. Hash out a well-developed version, yes. and then we ended up sort of we 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 thought on the fly of what yeah. we could do, and we've come up it's, with some good stuff. It's very much like when I was trying to write that stand-up set for a while. It's just sit down every day or like every week and go. This is the time where I'm going to think of something, and you sit there until you come up with an idea, mm. and you don't give yourself any external stimuli, and you just go. I don't get to leave here until I come up with something. I better come up with something. Well, it's one thing I learnt when doing stand-up comedy myself. They said you should always try and write three jokes a day. It doesn't matter if they're bad. You just get yourself in the headspace of writing three jokes a day. Yeah, I was doing two jokes a day when I was doing that. Well, I mean, like, and I still think that it would be very worth at some point you maybe going through there and coming up with, like, a really good skit based on, like, a bunch of your jokes. I think there's a good skit in there. I'm sure there is. But I will go back in there at some point, so I think that answers that question. Yeah, I think we did all right on that one. Uh, uh, Luna, boo! Haha, scared you. Uh, we'd like to know, uh, we all love Bowser, etc. Uh, but what other mob would you like, uh, from any game series, would you like to see, uh, get the Super Crown? Um, I love the image I saw go around this week of, um, Waluigi puts on the Super Crown and it's like, nothing changed. Waluigi is already a beautiful princess. And the little blush, it's yeah, so sweet. Blush. I like that one. Uh, yeah, I would, um, a Dragon Quest slime. Oh. I like hot slime girls. Uh, Purple Tentacle from Day of the Tentacle. <laughs> yeah. Obs, because I'm trash. Uh, Jim Sterling spinning games. I think Jim Shelley <laughs> would make the pretty, pretty princess. Oh, he would make a pretty, make pretty next princess. Next one had to be Miku, so. <laughs> yeah, I think that's some good answers there. Uh, Becky Two Hill would like to know, what weird quirks have your houses had? Oh, weird quirks. Oh, we've got the bath plug. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got a bath plug that just on the inside of it has engraved the phrase, um, what was it? In your face, Steve. Yeah. In your face, Steve. We have no idea why. It's great. We don't understand it. Uh, when I was living in Sutton, our, our front door had loads and loads of holes in it. And we later found out from from someone who had lived in the house opposite that we bumped into down the pub that um, they'd been raided one night and basically the door had literally been chopped down by the police. Um, and they then basically just tried to glue it back together so <laughs> that the landlord wouldn't notice. <laughs> but obviously there's huge chunks go out of the middle of it, but that was basically our front door. <laughs> Probably uh, not nearly as secure as it should have been. No, I lived in a house for a while that had um, cracks that went the whole way through the wall, like from the outside of the house, the mm-hmm. outdoors, to the inside. That's which, subsidence for you. Yeah, which caused, uh, it was freezing in that house. Uh, we had real black mould problems in that mm. house. Uh, that that wasn't great. Oh, that same house. In my office room, there was a cupboard that just had a bidet in it. There's just a bidet in a cupboard. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you didn't realise it was there for, like, a really long time, I seem to remember. Yeah, you know, I moved in, and I just, like, opened this cupboard and started, like, putting packing boxes in there and didn't go back in there for a while, and then was like, that's a fucking bidet. 
So, yeah, I had a bidet in my office for a while. That was weird. Uh, there was the one in, in Midsham that I was living in where it was huge, large, high-ceiling drums because we were there on the top floor of, or floor of the flat block. And uh, we had a single-walled radiator in the living room mm-hmm. and a, uh, a no radiator in the hallway. We ended up having a leak from our boiler, but we didn't know it was there because it was all just going out the PRV at the back. Yeah. So we ended up with black mould all along one side of the house. Yeah. Um, and we kept cleaning it off and we kept reporting it to the landlord and we kept going back to it and nothing happened. So yeah. we just got bored. We were only paying about like six fifty a month rent. Yeah. So we didn't really want to kick up too much fuss because we couldn't afford anywhere else. Yeah. And... um. Like about a month before we moved out, new um, a new property manager took over. Yeah. And they were like, okay, well, you're moving out. We better come and have a look. And they were like, fucking hell, what's up with all this black mould? And we're like, we've repeatedly told you. They're like, no, no, we're the new ones. We had no idea. Yeah. How have you only got one radiator in the living room and nothing in the hallway? That's not nearly enough. <laughs> Oops. Indeed. So um, they, they fixed it. As we were trying to box up and get moved out, ah. like, could you not just leave it a couple of weeks and come back after we've gone, no, it needs to be ready to rent again. So we uh. were boxing stuff up, moving it to the middle of the room, covering it in like <laughs> dust blankets so that they could go in there and then do all the walls and stuff. Oh, goodness. <laughs> that was a fun. What's the next question? Uh, so Aldera would like to know, which old video game TV shows would you like to see return, if any? I think you could do a good Legend of Zelda TV show at this point. Ooh. I think you could do a good, good sort of just like big high fantasy grand adventure. That would be cool. I know yeah. they keep sort of messing around with that. Uh, I read this as being a question about like games, show, TV shows about games, things like Games oh. Master. The the only one of those I remember. Oh, I don't even remember what it was called. It was very yellow themed. They had um. The Game Guru was a thing in it. Oh, oh, was that on Channel 5? I believe it might have been Channel 5. And Big Boy Barry. Uh, I don't remember if it's Big Boy Barry, but whatever whatever that show is, I got an apology thing and some signed postcards from that show once. Ooh. Uh, I tried to enter a competition on their show, and uh, with I just had my first mobile phone, mm. um, and it just charged me over and over and over and over and over and over again for competition entries when I just tried to enter this 50p competition once. Oh, um, so they refunded my money and gave me a free like polyphonic ringtone, I think it was oh. the Simpsons theme tune, and a sorry letter and some signed cards. So... Oh. Whatever one had the, the I think it was called The Game Guru, I think. Um I don't even remember what that show's called at this point, but um hmm. yeah, that, that that game show is the one I remember like being like, Oh yeah, that was that was a good one. I, I think I know what show you're talking about. Yeah. I would say anything with Violet Berlin in it, because she was fucking hardcore. Nice. Do you remember Violet Berlin? No. Uh, like plat might have been a bit before your time. Uh, she had platinum blonde hair, and she was a, like a proper games journalist. And weirdly, they had I think Andy Crane on as like the the other host, and he seemed to know considerably less about video games at a time when like video games were still largely seen very much as sort of it's a boys thing. Uh. Sadly, and and I always thought she was pretty damn punk and kickass. Um. Alternatively, I'd love to see Cyberzone come back. I don't know if you ever heard of this show. No. It was a Craig Charles hosted VR adventure game show. 
where oh. there were sort of challenges where people would go into. Do you remember the old virtuality headsets? You used yeah. to get them at like arcades and things, like yeah. huge fucking things. Yeah. Um, it was a virtuality headset with these just awful, like worse than Super FX chip quality games of of like piloting tanks around at like half a mile an hour. <laughs> Huh. And they, oh, you got Craig Charles trying to sort of drum up like enthusiasm and, and sort oh. of and tension of the whole thing, and it's just chugging along at like four frames a second. Oh, I remember one that was on CBBC <laughs> in probably the early two thousands. Uh, I think it was called Bamzuki, where it was about making these like you would use a computer program that they freely distributed to make yeah. these like virtual uh, insects or creatures, and, and they fight each other. Yeah, you'd fight them in like. Oh, I a remember little... that. Okay, I found out what the name of that show I was thinking of was called. It was Gamesville. Mm. It was a Sky One program from 2003 to 2004. Okay. So I must have been 12, 13 when that show was on. But uh, yeah, Gamesville was one I, I remember. Like It was the one that was on TV when I was like just realising video games were a thing I could invest a lot of my time into. Yeah, I guess I probably would have been sort of in my 20s then. So yeah. I don't think we had cable anywhere I was living. So I probably wouldn't have uh, seen Oh, things I found. Apparently, um, the character that I was referring to, um, the the games guru, Larry um, Jr. Yeah, well, the the game the games guru, who was this like creepy man in a in a in a cave. Oh, that hood. one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he apparently wasn't in the second season because uh, someone was like, "No, that's my character that you stole," and they were like, "Oops." Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What, what other questions have we got? Uh, Bethany Turner, uh, any thoughts on the Bowsette phenomenon? Uh, I've talked about this on other shows, I think. Um, I am staying relatively aware from a, away from a lot of the discourse because, again, it got pretty toxic pretty fast. Oh dear. But um, I like the idea of... Uh, Rule 63 character art has always been a kind of cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um I am very okay with the fact that a character that I'm totally headcanoning as trans has become very popular and sought after. I'm like, yeah, you, you, you go, you go, fictional trans character, woo. Um, I still think that the best version of that character is the big beefy hench um, ones that have like a nice Bowser build, as opposed to the ones where it's like, ah, they're now tiny and petite. It's like, no, huge boobs. You've got to, you've got to have a Bowser that could step on your face if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like all of the versions of Bowser. I like the the big burly Bowsers. I like the skinny Bowsers. Yeah. I, I I think there have been some really cool ones. I liked the um, there was someone did a cosplay I, that shared on uh, on my Facebook. I can't remember who the cosplayer is, but it's a sort of mask presenting guy with this really nice beard in like a le- uh, like a black leather skirt. Oh, nice! And just looking fantastic as I, Bowser. I, I love like, I, I love some of the things that has spawned. I mm. love Boozette, for example. Oh, Boozette is and, really um, cute. Bloopset, I guess. Yeah. I saw a really good gif, uh, sort of just before we started, actually, of a piranha plant pet. Oh, I, I like that this has been a thing. Um, yeah, I, I like this. Oh, piranha plant She's got little ten, spiky tendrils. <laughs> okay, this this has just been an excuse for cute character designs. I'm okay yes. with that. Yeah, I'm loving. I'm loving how much art it's created. I enjoy yeah. art. Indeed. Any other questions? Um. 
Uh, Crimson, what's something that you wish you were taught in school? Um, how to do taxes and manage bills and how you read a contract properly and understand what a contract is and what your rights are as someone moving into a home, be it rented or purchased, and what your rights are in terms of your bills and your banks and what what the general things you need to know how to live. I would very much like to have been taught that shit. Yeah, how to adult would have been a good how, idea. How to adult. Just uh, a general, like, here's how to do the life things that you're going to need to do. Yeah. Uh, BSL? Relationships? Ooh. Consent? Anything to do with LGBTQIA? Because I grew yeah. up during 26 and 28, so that wasn't even a thing. Politics? Yeah. Taxes? Human rights? Yeah. Laws? Yeah, what are, the, what are the laws? Most people don't know the laws. Yeah. Why is this not taught? You're just expected to know what the laws are. Yeah. I mean, obviously the big ones sort of get mentioned quite a lot, but I'm sure there are laws sort of like that just people aren't ever told. Yes. Uh, oh, who's... And they say that ignorance is, is no solution. Then if, if ignorance is, is no uh, excuse for breaking the law that these people have set out, then they should make more effort to teach people what those laws are. Yeah, there's a really good uh, rap track that someone on YouTube did about that, and it's really annoying me that I can't remember who this guy is. I'm just going to do a quick Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's uh, th- this artist is called Boy in a Band, and he's got a really good track called Don't Stay in School that is basically entirely about, like, hey, school didn't teach me the things. School didn't teach me the things I needed to know. Like, there's a point in there where he starts, like, going through, like, th- the, um, the the human rights list and going... How many human rights do you... Do you know your human rights? Probably not. Nope. No. I've, heard, I've seen that track and I can't remember what they Yeah, are. I can't remember the, the, the... Yeah, he brings up that point about the laws as well. It's like, I don't know what laws there are. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one that gets in my head when I think about it. It's like, yeah, I don't know what laws there are. Yeah. There are... There are many laws I do not know about. It seems pretty fucking vital. Yeah, you would you would assume you would need to know what laws there are. Kinda, yeah. Like I I hypothetical example. Let's say there is a tree growing on like uh, a sidewalk pavement, and there it's a fruit tree, and there's fruit growing on it. I don't know if I would be allowed to pick that fruit. Is it considered public or is it considered owned by the council that planted it and owned the pavement? I don't know. I mean, personally, if I felt confident enough to know when fruit was ripe, I'd eat it and say that it was public. public but like, actually, I might just the... leave it for the people who actually... Yeah, the thing is, I'm sure it would be fine, but I don't know if it's technically legal. I don't know if that would be legal to do, because I don't know the laws. Uh, well, me being the kind of hedonistic hippie type I am, I would say that it's uh, there. there is no moral law against it. There's no moral law, it's but food is there a... For people who is, need there it a have is there a legal law, though? I don't know. If there is, I don't agree with it already. Indeed. But yeah. <laughs> like many laws. <laughs> there are many laws I, I choose to think are uh, Guidelines. advisory rather than things I must do in my as life. As long as you're not hurting anyone. Exactly. As long as you're not causing harm to others. Yeah. What are the questions we got? Your body, your rules. <laughs> uh, Bungle would like to know how you're so fabulous. Well, how is so fabulous, dear? Uh, well, I had I had to, to Google what the definition of fabulous was, just to be sure. Uh, it described it as extraordinary, especially of extraordinarily large scale. Um, so I would say cake, uh, pastries, cookies, <laughs> uh, my epic cooking in general. 
cosplay baking skills. That is why I am so fabulous. Either that or biodegradable <laughs> glitter. Because uh, I do. Bio glitter definitely helps. I um, do have a lot of glitter. The, the answer I think of when I hear that question is I go, there was a point a few years ago where I just learned to stop giving a fuck. And I think I've become a far more fabulous person since I stopped caring what anyone thought. I'd fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Learning not to give a fuck what the world thinks makes it very easy to become a more fabulous person. What other questions have we got? Uh, v, uh, what is uh, your advice for a young trans person early in transition struggling with doubts? Um, hmm. What I would say is, you don't have to be sure. On a day-by-day basis, do what feels best for you and what feels more comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be sure of any kind of long-term plan or whether you know this is going to be a thing forever or whatnot. Just day-to-day, what do you want to do that's going to make you comfortable? Go with that and see where that takes you. Um, the only thing I would add to that really would be to say, ask yourself what the source of those doubts is. Is it that you genuinely think X or Y? Or is it that you've consumed a lot of media recently and you are being led to believe that you are wrong or you're getting some internalised transphobia? Because I still stuff with like self-directed internalised transphobia. Yeah. Like Like, things then that's all part of depression with me anyway. Like you can't always trust what your brain is saying when it's being negative and shitty. Well there's like there's stuff that'll come up where like sometimes I will wear just like baggy non femme coded clothing and I won't have shaved for a couple of days and I go there'll be that little voice in my head that goes, Does that make me less valid as trans? And I'm like, No, of course not. Like there are you know, there are butch mass or more masculine presenting women, that's totally okay. Like you've you've gotta come you've just gotta get okay with answering your own questions and Finding answers that you're happy with and living the life that makes you happy. Be comfortable. Uh, like, I'm. I don't want to be the person that goes, oh, why do we need labels? Like, and I, I would say there are. You do need labels from the point of view of being able to talk about the things and yeah. where you feel a certain way. But if a label is not doing you any good, don't be afraid to just go, that's. Yeah. I, I'm not being bound by that. Be you. Be as comfortable as you can be. Question where your doubts are coming from. And if that is genuinely something that you're concerned about, sit and, and take some time out to sort of be present in that thought and yeah. and what that means don't, to you. Don't run away from those thoughts. Take the time to, to be okay with them and to think about them. Yeah. Any other questions? Uh, Kel Griddle would like to know, are you planning to make any sort of... Of Halloween costumes this month? Well, Halloween, I think, is just after MCM in mm-hmm. London, which I'm going to. I don't think they overlap this year. They get no. very close to overlapping some years. I um, think Halloween's like the Tuesday. Yeah, it's, it's the day after I get back, I think. Um, I think within the next year or two, it will go back to being on an, Octo- an MCM, which would be good. But I am com- I'm doing some costume design stuff because it's October and that's when I go to one of my big conventions, not because it's Halloween. But um, costumes I'm putting together. I'm redoing my loop from the Adventure Zone. Yay! Uh, I've started putting together a Ned from the Adventure Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm which excited be, to see that. Yeah, it's going to be me in a in like grey hair and a big bushy grey beard in a, a Chewbacca onesie with a <laughs> Narf blaster. Um, 
I'm redoing my diva cosplay nice. that I've I've done before, and I'm putting together a tracer cosplay which cool. I wanted to do for a while. So that's the ones I'm doing at the moment. You do look good in those leggings. I do love those leggings. It accentuates the bootay. <laughs> What about you? I, um, yeah, I'm excited about this. So I bought a uh, morph suit <laughs> of yes. just, like, uh, having the skin removed and muscles. Weirdly, it's got nipples on it. <laughs> if the skin's been removed, why are there still nipples on there? At a really odd angle as well. <laughs> uh, which is going to look weird with a bra, bra under it, but there we go. Um, I'm going to wear that without having the face bit up. And then I'm going to do my face to look like I've had my eye... I've got a, a really cool prosthetic that looks like my eyes have been scooped out. Oh. Um, I'm going to glue some fake eyes I got to sort of onto my face and make little um, fake eyelids out of some, some latex. Yeah. I'm going to glue on to sort of make it a bit more thing. I'll sort that with a bit of makeup. And then there'll be liberal applications of cake blood and sort of regular dripping blood that I'll put on there. Um, I've had an idea about how I can make some fake covers for my big stompy boots, the platform boots. Yeah. I'm going to get some, like, uh, plastic bags, wrap them around, and then cover it in, like, uh, PVA glue and some flesh-coloured paint to make it look like um, I've got, like... Just these weird meat stumps at the ends of my legs. Get get I'm ready. I'm going to cover in, in in blood and stuff for that. Get ready for me to be afraid to kiss you that day. Well, I'll, I will be out for most of the day, so don't okay. you worry about it. But, and I will as, probably want to get it off almost as, as soon as, as I can. As was home. discovered at MCM when you had your scooped out eyes none look. Oh yeah, I, I went as an unlit I was guardian. a little bit scared to kiss you. Oh. I went as an unlit guardian to MCM you, last you, year. You looked a bit scary. Go as your own characters. <laughs> uh, on that note, at some point, don't know when I'm going to get around to it, I want to cosplay Veltari from Dice Funk. That would be awesome. I know, it's a thing I want to do. I need to find like some good uh, purple skin paint and... Um, and some good like horns and stuff, but I want to do a Veltari cosplay. Well, if I if you can find a good Veltari cosplay, I might see if I can play a go as your your hot barmaid. <gasps> oh, you could go as Carrie. Yeah. You could go as my demon bartender gal. Yeah. I think oh. I'd make an all right demon. Oh, I'd mm, I'd be very up for that pair of cosplays. <laughs> I need to I need to look into this because it's one that requires like body paint, and that's like a whole investment in in time. So I like body paint, yeah. Yeah, it's it's finding one that isn't going to like just come off through the day and yeah. isn't going to require too much touching up. <laughs> I did have mm-hmm. I did do one with uh, all over face uh, paint before I did uh, Undyne from Undertale where I, <laughs> I turned my skin blue. I looked very different. Yeah, you yeah. looked pretty damn awesome. <laughs> um, I think that was what the second time I met you. You were dressed quite, as Undyne, quite possibly. And um, um, almost as soon as I got there, you were already trying to take the costume off. I had that blue paint on for about three hours and was like, "This was fantastic." I got some great pictures. Nope, off it comes. It's quite enough of that. Yeah, Thank I need, you. Very I much. need to try a couple of different body paints because sensory wise that played havoc yeah that seemed like really thick paint i think it, you need something more like um i know it's not vegan but like a snazaro that's sort yeah of... but the problem with that stuff is it it it's too it runs if you sweat uh, which inside depends think... how hot you get but you can like set it with um hairspray and stuff i've tried that before it's i had real trouble getting that to work right which is why i tried the heavier mm. stuff definitely stayed on better but 
yeah. it felt worse on my face. Yeah, it, it looked like rubber peeling off you in places. Yeah, no, I probably could have peeled that off like one of those um, face masks. Yeah. Was it acrylic? Probably. It looked like think, acrylic paint. It felt acrylic. Uh, any other questions? That is all of the questions. <gasps> Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Motion justice warriors. Motion justice warriors. Right, eh? Right, Larry. How are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm feeling, feeling a bit snuffly, mate. I'm not sure how long I'll be able to keep this up for, to be honest. Yeah, we'll try and make this one a quick chat today. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been a bit grumbly today. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's that, mate? Yeah, yeah. I saw a thing. Um, I saw a thing. I was going around. Um, yeah. One of the UK uh, universities. Has uh, done a thing that I think is honestly quite a good thing, but I saw yeah. a lot of people grumbling about. Um, was uh, a university has basically said, "Hey, students, could you uh, rather than clapping, could you do uh, jazz hands instead?" Like it's... a deaf round of applause. Indeed, it's a deaf round of applause. Yeah. Uh, in BSL, that's how you do hands of a hand of applause. You uh, you do jazz hands. It's better for people with uh, sensory processing issues. It's not so overwhelming than that. Um, well, I saw some people being some real jerks about it. A lot of people being like, oh, you know, all you pansies that can't deal with a bit of noise, uh, wanting people to bend over backwards for you. Um, one, of the, one of them I saw actually learned something to turn his uh, story around in it. I, I I got annoyed this morning, and this was what was going to make me bring it up, was yeah. I saw uh, Jeremy Vine, I saw, was uh, comparing it to, oh, people 100 years ago in World War One weren't scared of a bit of clapping noise. I think um, we'll find that a lot of them had post-traumatic stress disorder, oh, so were consequently in- afraid of a bit of noise. Indeed. It was indeed a terrible example, but like... He actually, he actually changed his tune. Um, you know, I know someone that explained to him about about autism and sensory processing. He actually yeah. took that tweet back. But yeah, it's just a thing that I think we should maybe talk about a bit more. This whole, uh, it's it's quite good to have a a form of applause that doesn't involve uncontrolled, unpredictable noise in all directions. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, I think it's quite important for uh, you know p- people. It's it's good for people with uh, who get overwhelmed by too much noise. It's good for people who struggle with sort of general sensory issues. It's inclusive for people who use sign language. Indeed, um, it's just like I've I've been to an event once where it was uh, where it was done, and it was just not a big deal. Just at the start of one of the events, uh, one of the one of the panels we were in. That the person hosting the thing went, would you mind, if you want to applause, doing jazz hands instead? We can still see that you are appreciative and you think it's a good thing that happened, but it's not causing issues for people who have audio issues. And, you know, it hurts no one to do. It's not like you're getting less... You're getting less of an ability to show your appreciation and you're making things easier for people. The other thing like, that you might see, hopefully, as a, as a benefit for, you know people who don't have those issues sometimes if you're at a big event maybe like a, like a, a ceremony or something like a graduation ceremony something like that you you, you could be clapping for bloody ages oh yeah um live music events you know if, if people are on like, uh, like like watching a musical there's very often like a good 15 minutes of clapping while you know we're seeing everyone come out again they might be doing a little bit of a re- reprise yeah. To so so sit there just clapping along with that for the whole time, it can get, you know, quite painful on the old hands. Also, also you know what it really helps with? Um, not You know, sometimes when applause happens and it, like, you know, in a live setting, 
and people have to stop what they're doing and wait for you to finish clapping because, like, oh, you're not going to be able to hear me if I keep going now. This is one where, like, people can get their applause in and the people on stage can keep doing the thing. They can, you know, keep going uninterrupted. Yeah. You don't have to have that awkward moment of, okay, we're just going to sit here until you finish applauding and then we can get on with this. Yeah. It's, it's quite nice to be able to hear the people that you came to see do a live thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I think there's a thing that, like, I'm 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 glad that some people that I saw complaining about it actually learn a bit, but like you know, there's still people that are grumbling about it. I think I think this is a thing that should be learned about. Yeah, well, I certainly hope that uh, people you know do learn from this to you know try and be a bit more accepting rather than immediately leaping on the wow, what's the problem with people? Yeah, you know, just try and be a bit more understanding of your fellow human being. Yeah, exactly. Right, you want to have that before we finish? Always, mate. Always. Always. I wonder if people ever, if, if people were here in this conversation, I yeah. wonder if I, people hypothetically wonder whether we're actually arguing or not, because... Well, yeah, I mean, we, we do, I, yeah. I've listened to these back, and, and I, it certainly sounds like we have moved relative to the camera, uh, camera, to the, relative to any hypothetical microphone. <laughs> Indeed, I think people can probably tell, but just to confirm, we do actually argue when we do Yeah, this. absolutely, you know, if, 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 any excuse for a hug, really, yeah. you know, uh-huh. not that we need one. Oh, that was a good hug. Yeah, it was a good hug. Shall I, uh, shall I pop the kettle on? Yeah, just a uh, just hot chocolate. I'm going to go for that nap. Oh, yeah, definitely fancy cocoa. Laura? Yes? Welcome to the fun to answer the internet, darling. Uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Laura K. Buzz on Twitch. You can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at uk. You can find me on seasons 3, 4, and now 5 of Dice Funk. It's a, it's a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition real play podcast. Every season is a self-contained story, so you can jump into whichever one you fancy. Season 3, it's a bunch of people trapped in a, in a town that they can't escape from. Season 4 is like cyberpunk overthrow capitalism. Season 5 is space, go on cool space adventures with drunk hippo lady captain. Uh, other than that, my memoir comes out on July 18th, 2019. Still a bit of a way away, but you'll be able to pre-order that soon. Also, probably within the next week, you will be able to put some money down for the butt book. The butt book is getting properly announced in the next week or so with, like, a trailer and a bunch of art and a bunch of people who are going to be guests in it are going to be announced. Cough, cough, cough. There's some cool people in there that we've mentioned on this show before. I think that's about it. The art is looking absolutely fantastic. What about you? Where are you on the internet? I'm on stonemonkeyradio.blog. I can be found as Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I am on soundcloud.com slash Magnets. You might be listening to this now. And I do twitch.tv slash Janiac every Thursday around 7.30, 7.45. Uh, I, I will play games for and waffle crap for an hour. And if you're not just the VODs for the last few, they are up on YouTube for your delictation. There is also a Stone Monkey Radio Facebook page if you want to meet other Stone Monkey Radio based people Ooh. in a, a space that isn't already set up specifically as one of yours, dear. Hee 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 hee. Ah, I think that's it. So until next time, be a stranger.